To episode number 54 of the Loser Hour. And going solo again this week. Uh, I took last week off. Um, I was planning on recording like I am today when I got home from work. Um, but there uh, there was just stuff going on. Couldn't, couldn't, uh, couldn't get to it. Didn't want to do any recording during the week. So I just took the fucking week off. So fuck it. Got myself a little... Drink a linky here. I'm drinking myself a uh, Irish redhead is what they call it. Jameson and Sprite and uh, a little bit of grenadine and some fucking lime and lemon. And it's fucking tasty. I'll tell you that. But okay. I mean, this week, let's see. 54. Uh, The last, last, not last week's, but two weeks ago, uh, the episode I did was all on the Oscars and the nominations and all that stuff. So there were some movies in the best picture list that I hadn't seen. I've seen now all of them. Um, I'll give my, my, my rankings of, of where I stand on, on all eight of those and, and why, uh, and give my thoughts on the movies that I had, uh, seen since the, since the last episode that I did, there's been a couple of, of the Oscar movies that I've seen since then, probably about, Five or six, I'd say. I'm not 100% sure on that one. Um, then we'll talk a little bit of baseball. Uh, baseball season starts on Thursday. I'm recording this on on Tuesday, March 30th. So, I, yeah, but baseball season starts, I believe, on the 1st, which is Thursday. And, yeah, uh, whatever else fucking pops into my head, I'll fucking talk about it, I guess. Um, but, yeah, uh, um Shit! Since the last time I talked, like I said, it was all the um, all the Oscar stuff, and the Oscar stuff was uh, you know it was fresh and it was new, and and some of the fresh and new stuff that that's been happening the last couple of weeks. One of the main reasons I I I was like you know I, I was going to talk. One of the main things I should say I was going to talk about last week, but then you know some stuff came up. Um, was all, was the the day I was going to record was. Um, Initially, there was an, another fucking shooting, and it's like I didn't even hear about it until like nine o'clock at night. And I turned on YouTube and I was looking at the news part, and I'm like, "What the fuck? Ten dead in Colorado and all this shit." And yeah, um, it was frustrating me just watching late at night, like, "What the fuck?" And then you you get all this, you're seeing once again, like, and I mean, me and me and uh, fellow guests of the show, Nick Hagen, kind of talked about this. In, in previous episodes, um, we we had said like I, you know I wonder how many fucking there's gonna be after all this shit lightens up all the the COVID restrictions and stuff like that. And now we've seen two and but yeah, the interesting thing I was finding just because I, I that had happened and then the next day you know the, the the night it had happened there was you know there was there was some footage of of a of a guy that was bleeding being that was cuffed and being walked you know back to a police car or some shit or to an ambulance or whatever and everybody assumed that was the fucking guy it turned out it was the guy all this shit but i was just you know staying off of social media because i'm i'm fucking tired of all the bullshit 
I try. I'm I'm trying real hard to to stay out of the the news and and like political side of Twitter and just enjoying like the sports side of it. I got my shit just like kind of filled with baseball and wrestling shit right now. So it if it's good to to block out like I've been looking at my trends recently and, and it's all like sports related and less political related and it's like good. I I really don't want to deal with any of this shit and just like I don't want to fucking. I don't want to talk about any of it. Like fucking just so stupid. Like I don't want to get involved in, in any fucking conversation with, with, with people on the internet right now. It's like, I'm not trying, I'm just, you know, I'm not, not me right now. Like fucking, even though I'm, I still am, and but not, not towards political shit. I'm like trying my very best to stop fucking arguing with people and doing stupid shit, saying stupid shit. But, yeah, I. Once again, we get another shooting, and it's fucking ridiculous. But then at the same time, the responses and all this kind of fucking bullshit that comes after it is so annoying that that's why I just try to tune out as much as I can. You know, like you got a lot of people before they even have the identity of this fucking most recent dude, fucking assuming he's white and saying all this dumb shit about white supremacy and blah, 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 blah. And it turns out the dude's name's like fucking Muhammad something. Like, what the fuck? Like, you know, so it's just like, wait till the information comes out. And it's, it's like people that are prominent people in journalism reporting stupid shit that isn't true. It's like, God damn, it just, it's so frustrating. It's the same thing with COVID. Everything's so frustrating that I'm like, I'm just fucking over it. I want some entertainment in my life. So... The, the Oscars thing was a nice, like, now I got movies to watch. So that I did. I watched, um, I had, a I had like, four out of the eight that I needed to watch or f- three out of the eight that I needed to watch. And I had to watch Minari. I had to watch The Father. I had to watch Mank. And I had to watch No Bad Land. Yeah, so four out of the eight. So I had seen four. I had seen Promising Young Woman. I had seen um, Sound of Metal. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, and uh, fucking, what's the other one? God damn it. Uh, Chicago, fucking Trial of Chicago 7, seen that. So I'd seen those four, hadn't seen the other. So I started with with Mank. Um, Did not enjoy. Uh, Fuck, man, I I knew I was not going to like this movie. Um, I, I, you know, I, I always appreciate, even if it's something bad, like unless it's a totally fucking awful movie, when it's something like this level, like, you know, I there's something to like about something. So I appreciate the the acting and the set designs and the way they recreated everything to look like old, like, you know, black and white Hollywood and shit like that. I appreciate that, but it's just not my thing. Like, I'm not into that. Uh, it's not my type of movie. Uh, the I I just fucking, you know, like I said, I hate Citizen Kane. Um, not really just, it, it did nothing for me. It did absolutely nothing for me. So was not a fan of Mank. Um, and yeah, I, I've, it's, it's on Netflix. Fuck. If you want to watch it, good for you, but I would not recommend this movie to anybody. I just fucking did not enjoy it at all. That may be, uh, rather surprising to some people, but I don't know. I just, it's not my type of movie and it's David Fincher and it's, you know, it's, like I said, it's technically, it's, got great set pieces and and the lighting and everything and the acting from Gary Oldman you know it it's 
it's not like it's a terrible movie. I just I hated it. I personally hated this movie. Um, and then let's see, Nomadland was next. Um, I kind of got the ones that I was like not really looking forward to out of the way early, I guess, like or the first. So yeah, I, I watched Nomadland. Um, w- also was not a fan, and also could appreciate like all the 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 directing and and the characters that were the characters especially that weren't like real actors that are real like nomads and whatnot. Um, I appreciate all that, and and they um to me were the best part of the movie, but I just don't need to see like a super depressing fucking brooding Francis McDormand living in a van down in the middle of nowhere for two fucking hours. I just don't need to see it. Um, I would put this one below Mank, like as much shit that I just talked on Mank, like in my, in my rankings for the, the top eight, I, I have no Madland at the fucking bottom. Like for me personally, I just, I fucking hated this movie. I could not wait for it to end. It was. I usually love Francis McDormand. Uh, the The idea of this movie really, it just something about it really fucking pissed me off, and I did not like this movie. Um, I was I was not bored like I was throughout. Like with fucking Mank, I was just ugh, like fuck this. I hate this movie. I fucking only want to see these characters that are real people. I don't want to see her doing this and shitting in a bucket in the car and fuck, fuck this. Like just not my. Nope, not my thing. So definitely uh, would be a hard no on Nomadland as well. It's on Hulu if you want to check it out. I mean, <laughs> these are these are two glowing reviews. But then the next two are, are actually very good. Um, Minari and The Father. Uh, it's hard to pick which one I like more. Uh, I really liked both these movies so much. They're, they're, they're different in so many ways, but... They're both like, I don't know, The Father, I've been thinking, dude, fuck, man, The Father was such a good movie. I'm, uh, it's, it's, you know, not a lot of people have heard of it. It was one of those movies that I was kind of like in my initial Oscar review. I was like, what the fuck is this and why is it here? And maybe it's the weak link that should be out of this. But no, it definitely, it, it definitely should be where it's at. It's and and deserves the six nominations I believe it has. Um, it's basically f- from the perspective of Anthony Hopkins, who's struggling from uh, dementia and Alzheimer's. And it's pretty fucking heavy. And at times it gets very confusing because you're in the mind of a confusing old man and characters come and go. And, and you, you're like, is this person real? Is this person not real? Is she, what's she telling him actually what's happening or like, what the fuck is going on? So it's it, it was really well done in that sense where it kept flipping and flopping on like, you know, it opens with, with him getting told something and then boom, it the next scene is like completely different and he he walks into a room and, and sees a man and he's like, who are you and why are you here? And, you know, all, all this shit. It's like, this is, who's this guy? And then he's like, I'm your, you know, I'm your wife's husband like and he's like my wife lives in or or not my wife my your daughter's husband and my daughter lives in paris all this shit no she doesn't like 
And then she comes home, and it's like, oh, she's right there. She's not in Paris. Like it's it's all based off he. You know, he op- the movie opens with her saying she's leaving to Paris, and and there's gonna be a new move in like person to help him and all this shit. And he's like, all this. The, it's in and out, and then it opens with him right after that uh, waking up and walking into his living room, and there's another dude in there sitting on the couch, and he's like, "I'm your son-in-law." Like, so then the the daughter comes in and explains to him, like, "I think you're just having an issue," and like, she was at the store, she hands the chicken to. Uh, they kept saying, you know, throughout the the chicken, they, they she got chicken at the store, so. She hands the chicken to the husband, and he goes into the next room. And then it, it, the the Anthony Hopkins character looks at at um, the Olivia Coleman character and goes, "Who who who's your 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 husband?" And she was like, "What are you talking about, my husband? You know, I've been divorced for three years." Like, he's like, "Well, who's that? Just in in that took the chicken?" She's like, "What are you talking about? I have the chicken right here." Like. Like so, it's like boom. Then he doesn't exist. So you're like, where the fuck? What the hell? Like, so you're automatically like, okay. This fucking guy's mind is something out. Something's going on here. So throughout, you really can't trust what's going on. Um, but yeah, it's a it really really well directed, well acted movie. Um, kind of odd that it's it's up for I believe best set, like our production design. It's like it's really just in a flat throughout. Like, and I mean it's well decorated and everything, but the production's cool, but it's not really outside of a, a one specific building. Like, so I don't know, maybe I have to go back and watch certain things to see placements of certain things. Cause I, I didn't really get a, a, um, a good quality of it, but, um, definitely check out the father. And then Minari, um, Minari is just a story about a Korean family that moves to Arkansas. And I believe it's the, 70s or 80s maybe the 80s and and they they go there to uh start a farm he's a uh he works at like a chicken factory uh doing the fucking inspecting their butts making sure that they're they're male or female and he's like a fucking you know higher up there and his wife works there too and he doesn't want to do that anymore for the rest of his life he you know it's like he worked hard enough to get them land out in arkansas and his plan is to grow Korean vegetables and Korean food and stuff like that and sell it to um, local stores because of the growing Korean population in the area. And his wife throughout is just like not having any of this shit. And their son has a, a like issue with his heart. So there's all kinds of stuff there, you know, oh, we, she doesn't want to live so far away from the city being that the son's so sick and, He's just determined to get this farm off the ground, and it's um, Stephen Yun, the uh, the Glenn character from The Walking Dead. He's great, and he's the main character. the uh, The son, whoever played the son, was so fucking funny and perfect for this movie. The grandmother, who's up for um, supporting role uh, at the Oscars, goddamn, she was fucking fantastic in this movie. Um, really, just the best part about like the the comic relief type of thing the old korean grandmother that comes in and the grandson's never seen her before and she's vulgar and cusses a lot and watches pro wrestling and all this shit and 
he always he looks at her and goes, "You're not a real grandma," and all this shit. Fucking oh, the, their hijinks between them two just is is worth the watch of this movie. But yeah, uh, Minari was definitely fucking really good. Um, let's see. So those are the four. I'd I'd stick with my top my uh, from yeah my top three are kind of interchangeable, uh, but I'd keep Sound of Metal at top. Then Judas and the Black Messiah, then Promising Young Woman. Uh, four, I would go The Father. Five, I'd go Minari. Those are kind of like interchangeable, depending on how uh, I feel in the day. Like, um, and then uh, let's see the bottom after that'd be yeah four and five, and then Chicago Seven, and then Mank, and then Nomadland. Those two are tied for the bottom, and then like Chicago Seven is just you know. Nothing to write home about, but decent enough to to give a watch if you have a Netflix subscription. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't go wrong there. So that those were the those were the four that I watched. I de- I did check out. Um, what else was uh, was there? I did check out one of the docs, and then I started about halfway through another round. So I'm not going to talk about another round because I haven't finished it. Uh, that's the Thomas Vintenberg, uh, Danish, whatever with Mads Mikkelsen. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. It's about teachers that, uh, want to keep a blood alcohol level of 0.05 and yeah, it's, it, it's, it's pretty solid. So I got to finish that one, but I did watch my octopus teacher, the documentary that's uh, up for best doc that's on Netflix and fuck, holy shit. This movie was so good. Um, how I let it like slip through the cracks months ago when, when I was hearing some friends talk about it and uh, saw some stuff online also and saw it on Netflix trending the first week. I think it, it popped up there. So I was like, fuck man, I should check this out. And I never did. I don't really watch much like nature documentaries and stuff like that, but I don't know why I didn't check it out, but, but I did. And I'm glad I did because yeah, it's um, my octopus teacher was, was fucking awesome. Such a great movie. Um, it's basically about a South African dude who is depressed and wants to reconnect with nature, and he goes and starts free diving in this area down uh, by where he lives, and like he did when he was a kid. And it, it's in a kelp forest. And one day when he was down there, he's a photographer and like a fucking. Uh, God, I can't remember what else he does, but he takes photos and does stuff like that. He does like, uh, he may do directing or something. I don't know. He does shit like that. But he goes down into the ocean and he's fucking just swimming every day and he's filming it. And one day he just sees a fucking octopus like with the shells and shit all around it. And it's like, what the hell's that thing? And you kind of realize like, oh, boom, it fucking popped away and it was an octopus. And he got this wild thought in his head. What if I come back every day? Like, will it remember me? And, and it eventually does remember him and it's fucking crazy and it's it's one of the it's one of the most like insane documentaries i've ever seen just the the amount of footage he gets is like wow like and and i i'd like it's just compressed down into an hour and a half i'd love to see everything he got because that guy fucking just like he got some great imagery of the octopus doing some like absolutely spectacular things they're fucking aliens they're so smart they're smart as like a dog or a cat like it's it's insane and it gets uh 
it gets heavy at times, like where, you know, there's some stuff with sharks and the ending is pretty heavy, but it all it has a positive like I don't know, it has a it, it has a positive uh um God, what's the word I'm fucking looking for? It, it it has a positive fucking ending, I should say. Like I don't know, in all the fucking craziness, he he somehow uses pot. Like he 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 has this whole experience as like a life changing moment for him, and all this fucking shit. So I don't know, and how he deals with people and animals and the area and all that shit. So it's definitely an interesting watch. Um, oh, finish up that cocktail there. It's a good one, eh? So, the last thing I want to talk about, uh, I don't know, fuck, I got two more. The uh, This one will just be brief. The fucking new Eric Andre fucking uh, and uh, Tiffany Haddish, like, fucking half, like, jackass fucking Borat type of prank camera type of narrative movie. I don't know, half and half type of shit on Netflix that just came out called Bad Trip is hilarious. Everybody should check that one out. Um, It's just fucking ridiculous. Eric Andre doing ridiculous shit with a stupid story behind it, but it's still fucking funny as fuck. So, yeah, um, if you like Eric Andre's type of humor, definitely check that one out because uh, I had my ass fucking laughing like a motherfucker this weekend watching that shit. Bad trip on Netflix. Um so yeah, uh, the last thing that that before I move over, switch over to baseball here. The last thing I watched over the weekend was um, let's see the I don't, fuck I don't know what it's called, but it's on Peacock. It's this uh, six part fucking miniseries about John Wayne Gacy, and if you're a fucking crime nerd, crime whatever, like all that fucking serial killer bullshit i'm fucking like i'm in when they make a fucking doc about it i'm in if i don't know much about it like i'm in fucking boom so i i didn't know much about john wayne gacy other than there's always more to know that you'd be like what the fuck like other than he killed a bunch of people and they were buried under his house and he dressed up like a clown that's what everybody you know so other than those weird things like i didn't you know i didn't know much there's never there's not there's only one interview with him and it's not published in full it's like there was like a 2 minute clip or some shit on youtube like I, you may be able to get the full version but i've never seen the full version so this doc has the full version like in the backstory behind it the guy who set it up and one of the other dudes that was involved in getting it to take place and it has cops that were involved and his sister and victims family members and all kinds of shit so yeah it's it's um basically just gets into the entire story of of gacy and who he was in the area and how he he like had previous incidents and this could all have been stopped and it kind of points the finger at the police department as well like hey at the time like you guys knew this dude was was up to some shit but because he had political ties you know there was some covering up of some dirt and then all tied in with this interview footage of him kind of explaining to the uh, famous, uh, I forget his name, but the famous fucking FBI agent who was basically the guy who coined the term serial killer. He's interviewing him. And the dude who's like 
set this whole interview up is sitting next to him and they're kind of like talking about something. And he asks him directly like about the crimes and he just tells me, you keep trying to go back to like that kind of stuff. And, you know, I don't want to talk about that. Like, because, you know, it's like, I didn't have nothing to do with it. And it's like, what the fuck you t-? So it's all kind of tied into this whole, like he, he's always maintained his innocence bullshit. And here's this only interview we have with him where all he wants to do is talk about how successful he was and how he never killed nobody and all this stuff. Like, so, and, and it's backdropped with all the actual terrible things he did and what a fucking crazy narcissist this dude was. And it's really fucking insane how, like, I mean, he was arrested and thrown in prison for fucking a sodomy charge and was actually in prison for a couple of years. And then he was released on, fuck, I think the prison closed. So all the, the, it was like, he was like in a good behavior prison and the prison closed. So everybody there got to be released early. And that's when he moved to the area. He was to, I believe Chicago and he moved in with his mother and then he bought the, started a business and fucking, bought bought the house that he eventually buried a bunch of fucking people underneath and it gets into the whole story though each episode is uh like the first episode is about like who he was and how he how what he was known for like in the town and all this shit and the second episode gets into like their the first like missing the the first person that went missing that that they like had some sort of notion to go towards Gacy. They, you know, this kid went missing that worked at a pharmacy that told his mom who was there to pick him up from work after work. He told his mom going out to the car, Hey, I got an interview and he gave the name and he never came back from that interview. And that's kind of what, what was Gacy's MO and for the longest time, you know, got away with it. So this guy's name was on police, like police's attention type of deal. So they were paying attention at this point, and then they were starting to take a look at him. So the the next episodes are kind of about the trailing period and how Gacy was fucking always friendly with all the cops and explaining to everybody, oh, I didn't do what you guys think I did, but, you know, and then letting him search the house and them not finding anything, but then going back and then finding a lot. Like, so it's, it gets, then, then he gets arrested and it just, that's when it gets all crazy. He, his defense was fucking insanity and, he never agreed with it. Like now, after the fact, he said he never agreed to an insanity plea and all this fucking ridiculous shit. So you're like, God damn, man, this fucking guy is out of his mind. Like, just thinks he hasn't done anything wrong, thinks he's been completely wrongfully convicted. It's like, I can't believe that this dude exists. So yeah, if you're into all those serial killer type of, type of docs, uh, definitely, definitely check that out. All right, so we're going into the baseball season, and it looks like let's see, let's 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 see here. Let's pull this up. Let's see our games that we have for Thursday. So opening day for Thursday, my San Francisco Giants are at the Seattle Mariners to open the season. Kevin Gaussman pitching against, uh, let's see, fucking 
Marco Gonzalez of Seattle. Gaussman getting the the opening day nod for the Giants. I saw the Giants' final roster today. The only shocking move for me personally that I thought was uh, I thought Trapiano would make the team and they'd have to cut somebody from the roster, but he didn't make the team, and I believe it's because they don't want to cut somebody from the roster. So, um, But that was a surprising move to me. Um, it looks like Wandy Peralta will make the the final bullpen spot uh, because he's on the 40-man, so I believe another lefty on there. Yeah, so they're, they're all jam-packed with lefties, and then Alex Wood is uh, going to start the year on the injured list. So the rotation will be Gaussman, Cueto, uh, Anthony Desclafani, uh, Logan Webb, and Aaron Sanchez. So uh, Logan Webb tore it up in spring. Excited to see what he can do this year. And also, uh, and Kevin Gaussman and Cueto, you know, those are the top guys. Uh, interested to see how um, Delscafani does in, in his first year with the Giants. Just a one-year deal. See if he... Uh, he does anything and then also um Aaron Sanchez same thing you know so and hoping Alex Wood comes back healthy maybe he goes into the bullpen becomes that long man um so yeah that'll be uh you know another another lefty though so uh but Wood Wood you know the injury prone guy they only signed him to a one-year deal so and then we're jumping over American League let's see uh Houston Astros Throwing Zach Granke uh, going into the Coliseum against the Oakland A's and Chris Bassett getting the opening day start for the Oakland A's. So Oakland at home against the Houston Astros. Zach Granke, let's see, opening day for uh, the Yankees at home. Garrett Cole starting for them against Hunjin Ryu of the Blue Jays. That'll be a good one. These are all... uh, I should say the 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 Giants game seven ten uh, Pacific, seven oh seven Pacific. The uh, Yankees, all these games. I'm the are the Yankees. Yankees at ten oh five. This next game's ten ten a.m. Pacific time. Um, so the next uh, this one ten ten Pacific time. The Indians uh, in Detroit against the Tigers. Uh, Shane Bieber on the hill against Matt Boyd, I believe. Yep, Matt, Matthew Boyd. For the Tigers. Uh, 11 10 a.m. start for this one in Boston. The Orioles and the Red Sox. Nate Evaldi on the hill for the Red Sox and John Means for the Orioles. Another 11 10 a.m. start. Uh, n- another interleague play here in Wisconsin, though. Uh, the Brewers are hosting the Minnesota Twins. So Brandon Woodruff starting for the Brewers and Kenta Maeda starting for the Twins. 11.20 a.m. Pacific time start. The Cubs are at home against the Pirates. Kyle Hendricks against Chad Cool. What a fucking last name. And then 12.05 p.m. start. Citizen Bank Park in Philly. Been there. Nice arena. Uh, Philly's at home against the Braves. Aaron Nola against Max Freed. That'll be a good one to watch. Um one ten Pacific time. Uh, let's see. Um, these next. These next one, two, three, four, five. These next five games are all one ten starts. So uh, the Rockies are at home against the Dodgers. 
Kershaw on the hill for the Dodgers and uh, Herman Marquez on the hill for the Rockies. This is in the next game, another National League West matchup. The Padres at home against the Diamondbacks. Uh, Hugh Darvish going for the Padres and Madison Bumgarner going for the D-backs. Good old Mad Bum getting the opening day start. Looks like uh, the Cardinals are on the road starting the season against Cincinnati. Jack Flaherty for the Cardinals and Louis Castillo for the Reds. Uh, Looking at the Rangers and the Royals in Kansas City. Kyle Gibson starting for the Rangers and Brad Keller starting for Kansas City. Uh, Marlins opening the season at home against the Rays. So two Florida teams going at it. Tyler Glass now for the Rays and um, Sandy Alcantara for the Marlins. I'm interested here. This is kind of a side note. I haven't even heard anything, but what is the WWE going to do because they've been doing the Thunderdome inside Tropicana Field, and Tropicana Field is where the Rays play home games, and the season's about to start. So where's the Thunderdome going to go? And if, like, what the fuck's going on there? I haven't even read anything about that. I'll have to look into that. So the next two games that we have here are, let's see, the Mets on the road in D.C. starting the year against the Nats. Uh, Jacob DeGrom for the Mets against Max Scherzer for the Nats. So that'll be a good one. And then this is a 7.05 start as well. Um, in Angel, uh, at Angel Stadium, Dylan Bundy going for the Angels against uh, Lucas Giolito for the White Sox. So, yeah, that'll be uh, opening day the first. It doesn't look like everybody's playing. And then the second is pretty much the same teams that I just mentioned. Third, let's see. Is it everybody playing on the first? Was it, was that everybody? I believe it was everybody. No, it wasn't everybody. That's weird. Yeah, uh, no, it was. It was everybody. I'm not leaving anybody out. Cool, so everybody does play on... I went through everybody, I believe. Yeah, let me see. I know this is riveting stuff. It's riveting stuff. But I believe it. I believe that it is everybody. Yep, that, that with the interleague games, they have everybody playing. Cool. So, yeah, that was, that was all the team's opening day go-arounds. Let's see. I mean, I said this to my buddy Nick yesterday. He's, you know, Nick, Nick's been on the show plenty of times. And... And I've talked about, you know, fuck, man. The Dodgers, are just, they're the powerhouse. They're the team to beat. They're the champs. Um, they're the only team right now that that I see, like, looking at roster-wise, that can go, um, they can win 100 games. So, yeah, I don't, um, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen this season. I'd say, let's see. Let's let's pick predictions for American League, American League East, Yankees, American League Central, Twins, American League West. This one's a tough one. I'm going to say the A's, even though Houston's right there, but they're not as good as they they used to be pitching wise. I'm gonna say the A's. They always figure out a way, and their team's still fucking solid. 
They've made some changes, but their team's still fucking solid. So I'm going to go A's. And then the wild card, I'm going to say Toronto and Houston. I'm going to leave out Chicago White Sox. Even though they're one of my sleeper teams, uh, they had Jimenez go down with an injury, and I just don't think their pitching is deep enough to last um, a full year. So um, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go with with Toronto, and then yeah, with with uh, Houston there as the second wild card team. Um, National League East. Let's say. That one's so the National League is so tough. It's like I can't figure the the fucking the East is gonna be the Braves. The Central is going to be that's the Cardinals. I'm gonna say the Cardinals with with getting Arenado. And then the West is the Dodgers. Now the wild card is where it gets interesting. I'm going to go for the wild card. I'm going to say the Mets get in there at the top seed for the wild card. And then this bottom one is just really... It. I don't think the Cubs are going to be any good. The Giants aren't going to be any good. Pittsburgh is going to be trash. Miami could be good like they were last year. Who knows how they go through a full season. Um the Nationals, man, that that the Nationals team is still solid. Um, Philly, like I said, um, so yeah, I, fuck that last that last spot. I'm gonna have to go Nats. Gotta go Nats in there. So it's gonna be three from from the fucking from the East. Yeah, Philly's missing out again. Yeah, three from the East. The East is by far the toughest, I think, and 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 everybody talks about the. The West, the West just has the two powerhouse teams, of the Dodgers and the Padres. The East has Atlanta and the New York Mets, and then the uh, Washington Nationals, Miami Marlins, who can give you trouble, and who are young and up and coming, and then the Philadelphia Phillies. So it's like, man, that's that's tough. You know, that's that's a tough five teams right there to have to compete with so yeah um those are that would be my predictions right there for how the season goes but yeah i don't i don't really know uh but i'm just i'm hoping the giants do well enough to to where we see some young guys this year and maybe get some stuff out of some guys and trades there hasn't been a lot of you know bringing guys in on one-year deals and then been keeping them they haven't really been trading them the the first couple years you know and the guys with a value have been kept and uh, the like Bumgarner the one year they could have traded Bumgarner for something at least, but they kept him and then let him and he walked. So it's like you know you could have you could have done something. I granted they were in a playoff race, but not really like five games out of a wild card spot, you know. And then it became ten games, so it wasn't really a playoff race. But uh, yeah, baseball it's always fun. I always always have my fantasy baseball team. Keeps me going with all the games and keeps me up to everything. Man, this year with with fantasy baseball, though, fuck, I got completely just, oh, my God. I had the, it's 10-man league. 
it's a head-to-head points style, not a regular style baseball league, head-to-head points, so football-style fantasy league um, where different positions get different points. Um, I'll, I'll show my league settings. So, so like, you know, there's there's a catch. You have for your rosters, you have a catcher, a first baseman, a second baseman, a third baseman, a shortstop, then two infield spots, four outfield spots, two utility spots, four starting pitching spots, three relief pitching spots, and then three regular pitching spots that you can have either or, and then seven bench spots, and because of COVID, four injured reserve spots. Usually it would only be two, but with COVID, four. <coughs> um, and the way that the scoring goes, you know, a point for runs, a point for singles, two points for doubles, three for triples, four for homers, two for RBIs, two for stolen bases, two for a negative two for caught stealing, a half a point for a walk, a negative point for a strikeout, negative two points for grounding into a double play, and negative two points for having an error on the, the defensive side of the ball, five points for grand slams, a point for outfield assists, and then two points for double plays turned. And then uh, innings-wise, uh, a point for each inning pitched, three points for a win, negative two for a loss. Uh, complete games, you get three points. Shutouts, five points. Saves, five points. Uh, earned runs are negative one. Home runs are negative two. Walks are negative ha- uh, half. And then strikeout, you get a point for each strikeout. Uh, two points for each batter's grounded into double plays. No hitters, 10 points. Perfect games, 10 points. Quality starts, 3. And blown saves, negative 3. So it all uh, makes sense when, when you get in there and when you, when you start playing it. But, yeah, I, this year I just got shafted. I had the 10th pick out of a 10-man league, so I got two picks back-to-back. But, fuck, it, it just it completely screwed me. And in I've been playing this style of league for five years now. And, and I usually, it's unlike football where, you know, there's certain players in football every year that I target. And then there's some players that it's like, Oh, I, I fucking, I whiffed on not getting you. And next year I'm going to try to get you. It's baseball is not like that. Like there are certain players you go for and every year they're solid until they're not. And it's like a lot of the players I go for, I've been getting since they've come into the league now, you know, now they're four years, five years in and they're fucking top of their game and they go really quickly and or they go like they're, they're not as unknown. So I have to get those unknown guys. And I know of a lot of them, but they were getting fucking taken early as well. So I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, so I ended up with literally the only person that that I've ever had on a regular team before that I've kept on a team for for like multiple I've had him had him his rookie year and then I had him the next year and then I couldn't get him the year after that because he he's was too valuable the last couple of years he's been too valuable you slip down past 10 and I got Francisco Lindor with my first pick and then my second pick was was Shane Bieber um solid pitcher glad I'm got a, I got an ace I never take pictures that early, but they were fucking going quick, and I knew I wasn't going to – the the top – he was in the top three, and the other two were gone. And I knew that I'm not picking for another good uh, – I got to go through the whole second and third round before I'm picking again. So I'm not picking for at least 20 picks, 19 picks or whatever the fuck it is, or 18 picks. 
So uh, I got to take a picture here. So I had to take Bieber. Um, so hopefully he he does what he did last year. I ended up with with a weak pitching staff, which was going into the draft. I wanted a stronger pitching staff, but I ended up with a weak pitching staff and a weak fucking lineup. Like looking at it, I've had. I shouldn't say Lindor was the only. Alex Bregman would be the only other guy that I've had, but I had him last year and he didn't do anything for me. So I was like, I didn't really want to take him, but he was up on the board. He was one of the best players on the board. That's usually that. That's what was happening until later in the draft, the first, you know, six rounds. So it's like the first six picks I had were all like, "What the fuck, man? This is." Uh, let's see, pull my picks up. So technically, my first pick was Bieber. I went with him with the tenth pick, and then Lindor with the eleventh. So I, my first pick was a pitcher. And then Lindor with the second pick, Bregman with the third, Glasnow with the fourth. So that was the next two. And then the next two after that was another. So I went, I usually go, when I draft in the middle of drafts, I will go three position players and then three pitchers. That's how I I always do it. And this one I went fucking pitcher, position player, position player, pitcher, position player, pitcher. Position player, position player, pitcher, pitcher, position player, position player, position player, all the way down. Like I couldn't get pitching it until later rounds. So I got my my first five pick or my first six picks were Bieber, Lindor, Bregman, Glassnow, Aaron Judge, and Liam Hendricks. And it's like, fuck, man, like I really didn't want to take those guys that fucking early. Liam Hendricks, especially. I didn't want to take him that early. I didn't want to take Tyler Glass now that early. I didn't want to take fucking, even after that, Keston Hurry, I took him way too early. Didn't want to take him that early. There's guys I were starting to fall off the board like later, like early in rounds that were guys I was waiting for later. So I just had to start snagging up guys. And my my strategy going into this year is usually how my strategy is, is unlike last year got thrown off because of COVID relief pitching wasn't as valuable just because it the season length was fucking six weeks or some shit. Um, when it's 162 games and the season length is, is a decent season length. You, you, it's a, it's, it's a fucking, you know, it's a, it's a marathon. You, you want to have closers. You want to stockpile closers. So right now at this moment, there's, Five spots for close or six spots for closers, and I got six closers, and I have three top closers that are shoe ins, and then I have three that are kind of one that's like might be a full time closer, and then one that's you know not on a good team, and then one that's in Colorado. So it's like you know nah, but I have six closers, and that's what I like, and and I'm gonna be monitoring that wire like a motherfucker because I always, always fucking get guys on the wire that are just like, you know, they, they automatically help me. So I, my strategy right now is just to fucking stockpile pitching as much as I can hit the wire when the season starts after the first couple days and be like, who's expendable? Because there's a couple guys on my team that are just, you know, that they were just like, fuck, I got to pick this guy up because he might, but, but they're not like, I'm not I'm I'm going to hold on to this guy the whole season. No, this is fucking not like but I got to be careful because I do that every year where where the last 3 years I've dropped a guy and then by the midway through the year he's the fucking top dude 
at that position, and I'm like, man, I look like an idiot for dropping him. But it's like I I get competitive early, and I don't realize it's early, and I don't need to. I don't you know I can wait on guys. So yeah, it was a uh, fuck. It was Luke Voigt, not last year, but his rookie year. He he struggled, and boom, he was like the top in the American League at his position. Yeah, so that was a big whiff. And then I believe um, two years ago was um fuck who was it it was uh god he's a big fucking player now i can't remember i dropped him i look like a real fucking idiot but he's a big time player i can't remember but yeah i'm excited for baseball um it's my favorite sport i get into it the most thursday's gonna be a good day uh opening opening day i'll fucking rock my giants jersey fucking I'll probably wear that shit to work. Fucking have that shit on with my fucking uniform shit right underneath it. Wear that rock the Giants orange. Fucking even though we're we're in our we're in our phase where we're not so good, always gotta rep the fucking orange and black, man. That's that's my team. That's been my team since I was fucking ten years old, so go Giants. But yeah, um that was uh fuck shit all I got this week. I like I said, you know, I really don't like the beginning of the show. I don't really want to talk about all this fucking other nonsense going on. Like it's fucked up and, you know, uh um it's not that I don't um think what's what happened is fucked up, but I, it is and I just, you know, I I'd, I'd rather talk about positive stuff on the next couple episodes. You know, we can get into all the fucking shooting bullshit when I have somebody to bounce ideas off of or not like just just talk about like we can talk about it with somebody else but I don't want to talk about it by myself like just not I'd rather talk about fun shit but that's all I got here for this week's episode um hoping to get on somebody next week I'll I'll probably get on somebody next week I just been um like I said last week some shit came up on Tuesday got busy couldn't do it um and then this week uh could find anybody to come on so yeah uh i'll have to reach out to some people during during the week and see if i can get somebody to come on this weekend if not i'll fucking just record another one by myself i'll have to figure out something to talk about but yeah if you uh if you like this this shit if you keep on listening hey man thank you and uh keep listening yeah because uh there's gonna be some cool episodes and i'll just keep on trucking here fucking uh keep on trucking along with the good old fucking the good old loser hour you know so i mean if you if you like the show go follow the show on on facebook twitter facebook at loser hour podcast you'll find it twitter at loser hour pod um and yeah go rate and review on itunes if you if you subscribe on apple um if you subscribe if you have an apple phone fuck okay there's a purple little even if you don't listen to podcasts just do your boy solid all right there's a little purple fucking app called podcasts if you don't know where it is just go up to your search bar and search podcasts it'll pop the fuck up Click on that shit, go into the search area, search Loser Hour Podcast. Once you've done that, click subscribe. Go and leave a five-star rating and review that shit. It's very simple, and it helps your boy out. If you don't have an Apple phone, then go on your Android phone and go to Spotify and do the same thing. Search it. You'll find it. Subscribe. Um, If you don't have fucking Spotify, go to SoundCloud and do the same thing. Just search it, Loser Hour Podcast. You'll find it. Follow on there. All the new episodes pop up on all that shit when they're posted. And you do your boy a solid. So, yeah, until next time. uh, Yeah, this is, what, episode 54? 54. So, yeah, 55. The Hot 55 will come up next. So, yeah, good old fucking uh, Tim Lincecum next. All right.